Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. All right, everyone, welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, a special bonus episode this week. This is your buddy Adam from Golf Unfiltered, but I am actually not going to be the host today. Our very own Dan Hauser, uh, you know him from multiple episodes here on the podcast, had the opportunity to interview a very special guest on site in his state of Florida very recently. And uh, you're going to hear all about it, including a few words from Dan to kick off. Before I throw it over to Dan, just wanted to remind everyone that you can follow us all over social media at Golf Unfiltered, and that this podcast is brought to you by our uh, presenting sponsor, Bridgestone Golf. So without further ado, here's Dan. Jack, Arnie, Tiger, Crenshaw. All names of professional golfers that while they made names for themselves on the course, they also made names for themselves in the world of golf course design. Could Jim Furyk be the next name, though, to add to that list of illustrious professional golfers who went ahead and had a successful run as golf course designers? Well, uh, he is currently working on his first ever signature golf course located in Port St. Lucie, Florida at the brand new Glenlea Country Club. Uh, on October 25th, uh, they held their official groundbreaking ceremony for the project as a whole, including the golf course, and myself and a few other select members of the golf media had a chance to sit down with Jim uh, to talk to him about how he got involved with the project, what he envisions for his first signature golf course, and a bevy of other topics as well. The interview starts with Furek talking about how he got involved in the project and his relationship with Ed Burr, president and CEO of Greenpoint Developers, and M.G. Orinder, president of Hampton Golf. So um, these two gentlemen are here. Ed Burr, that just came over and said hello, is uh, with Greenpoint, right. developers of the land. And this gentleman right here, M.G. Orinder, is with Hampton Golf. Uh, yeah. Friend from the PJ of America. Sure. Um, friends from, both friends from Jacksonville. And so uh, I've known these two gentlemen for a long time. And when this project uh, came to fruition, well, for me, probably a few years back, where three or four years ago, M.G. kind of mentioned it to me that they may be building maybe developing some land down here maybe one of the uh, communities would have a golf course involved and and was gauging my interest in and in, uh, being considered for you know the, the designer job and and uh, you know I've 
something that I wanted to do for a while was he knew I was interested and was trying to get into that business and in, in, you know later in my career and and so uh, really just kind of driving down talking to uh, uh, Ed's son Austin kind of runs the, uh, the southeast area for Greenpoint and, you know got out here in his truck ran out in the dirt and the mud and crawled through these trees and kind of looked at what we had and and uh, you know, it's been a couple of years in the making. Uh, drawing some pictures at home with uh, Mike Davey, um, our architect, and and then they hired uh, David Johnson as a shaper as well. So uh, it's been a good team effort. And, and uh, but really, uh, I've known these gentlemen for 20 years. How is your How is your designer's eye developed over the years? Is there a time in your playing career, maybe from the beginning, or maybe? Now, as, as you maybe look at it as a second career, um, that you developed a, a designer's eye when you want to put a flat piece of land and says, oh, there's a golf course, here's a hole, there's a hole. Yeah, um, I guess I'll start back with, uh, I can remember being in uh, high school, uh, maybe not paying attention to my teacher as much <laughs> as I should have and drawing golf holes on my notebook really? and trying wow. to... I was real fortunate with growing up, in my opinion, in the northeast part of the country. So I grew up in the Philadelphia area. My dad was a club pro, sold golf equipment, took me to play some very nice courses. Uh, the best course in our hometown in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, was Lancaster Country Club. It's an old William Flynn design. Uh, ladies have the U.S. Open there again next year in 2024. So uh, I started kind of really enjoying that as a young player and then fortunately was able to travel the world and play some amazing courses, whether that was at the British Open or sure. heading to Australia or wherever it may be. And so I think, you know, I'll joke and say as a tour professional, you tend to criticize design your whole career and then they turn over the keys to you and then you kind of chuckle and you go, now everyone gets to criticize me. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So. Um, it is a flat piece of land. You look out there, you can see what you've got. We've got some natural areas. And so Mike and I went about designing the golf course and laying it out on paper. You'll have a lot of holes against your natural areas. So um, protected areas uh, on one side, trying to pick up some Do you lean towards like a more of a classic golden age kind of philosophy or you, you so I'll, I'll answer that and i'll say yes but you know what i don't think you're ever going to meet an architect that says no to that question yeah. um you know i think pete Dye was a genius and really good at what he did but he considered himself golden age but he seems very modern right so sure. it, i think everyone probably considers themselves uh, golden age because you're drawing from all those experiences and all those wonderful courses sure. that were built in the 1800s the early 1900s and you're drawing from that. So, um, you know, I look at, uh, when I talk about golf course design, everyone always points out that I go to the bunkers first. Yeah. I really, I, to me, that is the bones and the structure of every golf hole. And I don't really look at bunkers as a penalty. I look at them as framing the whole framing thing. Framing yeah. targets. And I'm trying as an architect, and the architects in my mind are trying to tell me where to hit it by the bunker placement. Sure. How does it set up angles into the green? And you stand up, and I might not always know how far they're trying to get me to hit it, you know, until I look at my yardage book or I played the hole. But I'll look out there and go, okay, they want me to hit it at that bunker, not, not trying to squeeze it. You know, they're telling me I need to go here, and that's going to set up an angle so into the having green. having a blank slate like this, as opposed to maybe walking on a piece of property that has sure. all kinds of different features, well, does that give you more freedom? Or... It gives you, well, it's a blank canvas, as you yeah, said, so sure. it does give you a lot more freedom, but it also 
you have to create some land movement. You have to create uh, some interest and some beauty. And so that's the shaper really comes in there because you can draw it, you can imagine it, but you have to actually be able to move that dirt and uh, and make it look natural. That's the key. You know, the, it's a flat piece of land. So, um, and a lot of the trees that were on this property uh, were, were scrub pine, that stuff that you're not going to really use in the middle of a golf course. So, uh, a lot of it was cleared. We're using the perimeter for a buffer. Uh, we've got some water features. Obviously, you got a drainage, and uh, we used a lot of the the, the dirt from uh, from the ponds that were dug is, is fill and sure. on the golf course we had some some pretty good soil uh, and so yeah it's a blank slate but really I think the key is trying to make it be natural to look sure. and flow here in south southeast Florida I'm not trying to build a golf course that looks like the middle of North Carolina <laughs> in, in Port St Lucie so sure. trying to make it flow and yeah it's 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 wide open I think it's a blank canvas and. Uh, it's also a challenge as well that, that uh, we're excited within about. Within the framework of a of a developer here, yep. so how much of that is how much freedom is there within that, or the developers telling you we want to we want a resort, we want to we want a championship. Point, uh, I give Greenpoint a lot of. I still hear it every day in meetings. Every time I'm down here and I'm in a meeting, I've heard the golf course comes first. Um, so you know, hey, we need X, Y, and Z. Okay, the golf course comes first. Um, you know, we're planning out things. Well, that's going to slow the golf course down. That's not going to work. The golf course comes first. So I think they gave us a really good uh, avenue. Here's your track of land. Design us a golf course. We're going to see how we can fit a neighborhood into that. Now, do we tuck here? Do we nip here? Do we, you know what? It would really help if we had homes on two sides of this road because the infrastructure is expensive. So, yeah, I think we've got a, a really good opportunity to build uh, a layout here that we wanted. Uh, and then worked with the community to make sure that we could fit the homes in properly in that. But we, we really were given, I, I give uh, Greenpoint a lot of credit that they gave us a lot of uh, lead way and, and uh, let us kind of put the holes where we needed to. So you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned um, as a tour pro, you guys tend to criticize golf oh, course. Like, yeah. all the time. So of course. So with that in mind, now you said you, the keys have been handed over to you. So are there things that already you're thinking about like, okay, well, I absolutely hate this about a golf course when I go there and I absolutely love these. So I want to make sure to incorporate this and, and try to not do this. And I think there's design styles. That when you're building a golf course like this, what, what what are we creating? I mean, they see a lot of folks here, like a 55 and plus community. Um, that's the target. Who am I designing the golf course for? What are you thinking? You know, and as soon as they say, well, there's going to be families, there's going to be kids, but we see a, a community that probably is going to be a lot of 55 and plus as well. My mind goes to, we have to design a playable golf course. We're not going to have a lot of force carries. I need... I need to make it interesting. I need to make, you know, if you're bringing your kids out or you're bringing a strong golfer out, he has to have a good time and be challenged. But how do I get my beginning golfers around? How do I get my weaker golfers or higher handicappers or someone that's, uh, you know, maybe 80 years old, doesn't hit it as far as they used to? How do I get them around the golf course? And so creating, uh, trying to make sure there's force carries aren't there, creating a lot of areas around the greens there. We'll have some chipping areas, some short grass areas, some areas that blend from green to tee nicely. But now I feel like all those golfers can put a putter on it. They can put a wedge on it. They can put a seven iron on it. They can put a hybrid on it. It's kind of an equalizer in the game that uh, you, you can get folks around the golf course. And so we're trying to create avenues. Now, could there be a back left pin on a short hole over a bunker? Absolutely, but there's always going to be a place to hit it over there on the right. If you, you know, if if you 
look at the strategy of the golf hole, you can still hit it over here to putt make par. And so uh, trying to trying to get them around is is really key to me and trying to make sure that and I play in pro-ams now twice a week on the, on the champion <laughs> tour rather than once. And I get, you know, last week I played in a group that uh, my amateur group had 99 shots on the card. I had a 23, a 24, a 25, and 27. I had a great day. I had a lot of fun. But I get to see the average golfer play a lot of golf and, and try to help them get around the course is very key to me. So uh, with, with that in mind, I mean, if somebody, if, if, the developers here or or the shaper somebody or even yourself said i think we need a course at 7300 yards you go, why why would be the first <laughs> why? our tips are going to be a little over 6700 this wow. is the goal that's yeah. our tips okay. uh they don't need to be any longer there, there aren't that many people my buddies that i play with that are 40 years to 60 years old at home at my home club yeah. no one plays from the we have 72 at our card, and then we go to 67, and all my buddies play from 67, and that's too much for a lot of them. Yeah, they, they move up to the next set, it's 63. So 67 for this golf course for our target is our back to And what do you, how many sets of tees do you know yet? Uh, most likely four. Okay. Four. Do you, and sort of to piggyback off of the other questions that you mentioned it a little bit, what the flat piece of land and the bunkers and that sort of, do you want the bunkers to to aesthetically guide you around the course, but you also want those to protect the course? Because it's going to be 6,700 yards, and some guys will still be able to blast it. What's going to protect the course from guys going to, from shooting 63, 64? Or do you mind? I just don't know that many people that can shoot 63, 64. So. Yeah, especially 55. <laughs> it's a good day for me. So yeah, right. I don't. I don't. I'm not particularly worried about that, but if your yeah. bunker placement is right and you're playing the correct tees, uh, I think the protection of the golf course is your land movement, your bunkering. Again, not penal, but um, uh, placement. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there will be avenues to maneuver a ball into a hole, but also avenues to maneuver a ball into those collection areas sure. now where you have to yeah. you have to think about how you want to get the ball yeah. up and down again yeah. hybrid seven iron wedge whatever it may be so that's that's uh, sort of it's land movement i guess yes and that's sort of i was playing the other day a couple of times actually a few courses like that we were playing at uh, broken sound the old course Yep. Where you play next week. Yep. And where Reese renovated. He calls those low bow cut areas. He calls them ramps because for 51 weeks a year, the older members, they can't fly the ball. Right. So it's like the pro goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell a lot of seven irons because right. all you're doing is. And when you talk to guys and watch guys. Just for a minute. What's that? We borrow you for just a minute. Um, if you say so. right sir. back. Yep. Okay. Yep. The TV guy yep. wants to get. Um, Tour players who become architects, they like to design golf courses or the, the theory is to fit their like game. Design course to fit their game. Nicholas flies the ball in. Arnie has everything that goes. Dog leg left. I mean, do you? That would describe Bay Hill pretty good, except for 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that something that, that that you've thought about, or you just want to say just, whatever the land, whatever fits the land, is, is what? Well, I think whatever fits the land. In this case, we're obviously fitting it. You know, we're right. we're fitting the land to the hole. But um, you know, I guess my biggest fear 
is probably that folks will see that it was designed by a tour professional and they immediately go too hard. And there's a couple couple tour pros that design golf courses and they're brutally hard. That's what they're known for. And so um, my goal is I want, I want folks to think fun when they think about my golf courses. I want them to have a good time. I want them to be able to get around. I want, again, challenge a stronger player, but make sure that uh, you know your weaker player has a chance to have a good time and play the golf course and enjoy it. And so when I talk to Mike and when I talk to David, I'm asking, I'm actually telling them and saying, hold me accountable. Make sure this golf course isn't too easy. You know, I I, I don't want to err on that side, but um, at the end of the day, as much golf as I play in pro ams and as many shots as I've seen over the last 30 years, uh, I do understand the challenges and I understand. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Cog Hill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. Golf Unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno Golf for 2023. Mizuno Golf is offering their new JPX 923 irons, and if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Coghill Golf and Country Club. These irons are spectacular. They've got three medals, five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum. So you are for sure going to find something great for your game. Go out to MizunoUSA.com today to learn more. The Golf and Filter podcast is also brought to our friends over at Swanee's. Swanee's is here with a fresh take. Performance-based materials are a given these days, but if you're looking for the stretchiest and most lightweight pieces that deliver a look that says, I'm here for a good time, Take a walk on the Swanee side. With fabric sourced from recycled plastics and design sourced from our very own weekend warriors, Swanee's is looking out for both our planet and those that might need a little style to boost their drive another 15 yards. Premium looks from top to bottom at swanee's.co. Swanee's.co. And, and when, you, when you're over the years, as equipment has changed, have you seen amateurs get better because of equipment or amateurs that depend too much on equipment to get better? I think it definitely makes the game easier. You can hit the ball farther uh, with the newer equipment than you ever could, but um, I don't know if necessarily the game's getting any easier yeah. for that matter. Um, I think the challenges of still scoring and putting the ball in the hole are going to rely on the amateur golfer because they're usually not going to overpower. Most amateurs are going to overpower a golf course. So it's still going to rely on strategy, making good decisions, 
uh, having a good short game, being able to putt. Um, th- those are your better players that, that are going to get the ball around. So, um, uh, I think uh, I am definitely. I'm still going back to. Are you worried about people shooting 63 on your course? No. If it, <laughs> I've had it. You can shoot. I don't care where you shoot. 63, 63. That's a good score. So no, I'm not worried about that at all. I'm more worried about the enjoyment level. And I really want a community that when we're done and all these houses are sold and this is an active club uh, and people are playing tennis and pickleball and going to the pool and the snack bar and eating dinner here, they're proud to bring their friends to the golf course. They, they enjoy the golf. That's that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the folks that live Jim, you're known for hitting the ball really straight. In fact, I saw a little two-yard draw right there, which that's, that's what you're known for. There you go. A lot of the new courses that are being built that are really getting popular claim give you a lot of room off the tee. Yeah. You're, you're known for not needing a lot of room off the tee. Well, we were very fortunate that when we, we wanted some good-sized corridors here. We didn't want folks to feel like they were in a condo alley and in a tight jacket when, you know, when, sure. when they were standing on tee boxes. And so keeping that in mind, um, you know. Are we two, thinking two, more two, of a two, second shot approach? Too tight is very difficult, or is very difficult, and, and also hard to build a golf course. Too wide also gets to a spot where you have to landscape and make, you know, otherwise, sure. you know, or, or irrigate a ton of grass. So, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about a thinking man's golf course. Round like the ones, elements, the ones, maybe? yeah, the ones that I always enjoy playing. What's your favorite golf course on PJ Tour? I would always sit Harbor Town. Right, why? Because I can hit it in the left side of the fairway, and maybe one day that's good, and the next day it isn't. I have to think about where the pin placement is, where I want to hit the ball, and so this necessarily won't be tight. Uh, or you have to hit it straight, or you can't finish a golf course. I realize that's not not most people. But I still want folks thinking about if I need to play this hole well, I need to hit it over here at this bunker down the right side. I need to create an angle into this green where I might go ahead and just bomb it and hit it far up the left side, and now I really don't leave myself with much. So there's always going to be a way to get around. There's always going to be a way to bump the ball up, bounce it onto the green, create some angles and get around. But I, guess, I, want, I want it to be more of a thinking golf course. The follow-up so, to that would be so are we thinking uh, semi-wide corridors not necessarily like heavy rough around the place no, you're gonna see a lot of so a lot of you're gonna see a lot of fairway grass and you're gonna see a lot of fairway grass around greens there's, when possible there's times where fairway grass is going to lead from a green into the next tee Love it. um have kind of that pretty view now in a housing community that's not yeah but there's probably five or six times where that's very feasible and could look right. really nice um we don't come and cut the rough so you know i would see the rough being an inch and a half and just fine for everyone but uh for the most part we're looking at a lot of a lot of fairway grass ribbon tees or formal tees um you're gonna see definitely not squared off ribbon tees i think you're gonna see some roundish in nature okay and as the hole gets shorter and you move up the angle's gonna get better one of the things that I see so often, especially for, I don't even want to call them the ladies tees, we'll call them the forward tees. They seem to be an afterthought in a lot of golf course design and folks get shoved in behind bunkers to now where if they, if they hit a left of the bunker, they go through the fairway. If they hit it over the bunker, they go through the fairway. There's no real good angle because of where they're at. So I want to see a right working here. I want to 
see the back tee more challenging. I want to see this tee kind of move this way as we go so that that angle becomes better and they have an opportunity. Yeah, short par, short tees on par threes. I'm good, thank you. Um, sometimes they they don't have those the ability to spin the ball, stop the ball. You know, maybe somebody's hitting a hybrid from 125 yards and they have a poor angle. I, I, I'm assuming that's what you're, that's what you're speaking of. Yeah, and I, I see it a lot on Par threes, I see it a lot on dog legs as well. That you know, maybe the cart path is over. You know, you got a dog leg here and the cart path running up the right, so the T stay with yeah. the path. But the angle gets worse and worse and worse for right. you know the, the golfer that's hitting from the forward T. Yeah. I'd much rather see that cart path over here. The T's working this angle, so they have a better angle down the hole. Same thing to a par three. Yeah. You got to give. Now again, it could be a bunker front right. A lot of green out to the left, the pin behind the bunker, you can't bounce it through the bunker, but there's always should be an avenue to and a land formation that hopefully can help that ball scoot into the scoot into the left side of the green and get on there and two putt, if that makes sense. So. so to take it back to you mentioned your notebook when you were a kid. Um, those holes were really bad. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask a two parter one, are we gonna see any of that in you know, so but beyond that, um, they, was, those were way too tough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was um, so was was golf course design then always something that you saw yourself getting into one day, or is this something that kind of as you got older you were like, okay, it could really stupidly happen? I dabbled now. some in my, we'll say early thirties, early to mid thirties. Um, had a course that we were about to break ground on in 08, 09. You can imagine what happened there. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and then saw a lot of my friends, you know, through, say, my 40, early 40s that were actually in the business struggling for work. Now, not a great time to get into the business. And so now that you see golf kind of flourishing again, and, and I mentioned it um, in the television interview, it's really a good time in my career. Um, I'm playing the Champions Tour. I've got two kids in college. My wife and I are empty nesters. We run a Champions Tour event in Jacksonville. But, uh, but at the end of the day... <laughs> it um, it's a great time of my career, and I've got a lot of time now to do the work, and I enjoy doing it. You know, it takes time. You know, if you're going to do it right, you have to be down here a lot, and it takes it takes a bunch of time. And so, being here on site often, and this construction hits me perfect. I mean, November, December, January, February, we hardly play on the Champions Tour this week. So, I can, you know, Mike can give me a call and say you need to look at something tomorrow or next day. Come on down. It's just get in the car, and I'm here in three hours. So. It's a, it's a really good time of my career and, and uh, in perfect timing. And I'm thankful for, I guess, uh, you know, Greenpoint and, and uh, Hampton to just give me the opportunity to kind of get my foot in the door. And it's actually opened a couple more avenues for me. And we're, we're bidding on some other projects and, and have some good leads right now. So uh, it's all been, been a lot of fun and, and uh, something I'm looking to grow with. Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? 
Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A L L B I R D S.com. Code SUPER24.